Blog Talk Radio. Presenting yourselves on this battlefield, I give you thanks. This is our army. To join it, you give homage. I give homage to Scotland. And if this is your army, why does it go? We didn't come here to fight for them. Oh, the English are too many. Show. 
and then uh, I'll take calls first, and then uh, we'll go into the documentary tonight. Uh, I know I forgot to do it a couple nights ago, so I got sidetracked. Oh, busy, busy podcasting schedule. So I'll be back here in about three or four minutes. And uh, understand the times in which we live today, uh, 657-383-0616. Press the number one if you want to talk. Hopefully uh, we get some good calls here tonight. We'll see what happens. instead of free choice, 
It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. No expenditure is questioned. No secret is revealed. Alrighty. All right, I sit there. All right, uh, tonight yeah, we're gonna have a good podcast show here lined up. Uh, I forgot to do it the uh, you know, last week when we did. We got sidetracked, and if you missed last week's podcast shows, you need to go back and listen to it. Let me tell you, we did a good one there on uh, Friday. There we interviewed the health department from Long Beach, California. Go back and listen to that one there. That was a good one. I think that was actually on what was that? I think that was Thursday night, maybe. I don't know, uh, Thursday or Friday. But uh, interviewed them, and they basically. Uh, Told the truth. I mean, uh, we COVID's all big scam. It's all a big lie. You know, they don't know nothing about it. The variants, the big variants. You know, all these variants they got out. The variants, the variants are going to get you. You know, what the hell is a variant? And uh, the vaccination thing, it's big hoax scam. It's not true. Uh, you know, you want to take that vaccination? Uh, man, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I just wouldn't chance it. Uh, and then the night before that, we did the uh, sheriff's so uh, the uh, sheriff's thing there, where we got the uh, republic on the radio, and that was jam packed that night there, where we had the uh, call for the republic and uh, try to unite people around the country. Uh, we got to start locally with our local sheriff's departments and uh, create our assemblies and start getting this thing moving because uh, right now we are dead in the water. I mean, uh, we just, I just don't see any hope, but. Uh, all right, let me uh, check the call board here before I uh, uh, start the documentary here. Let me check that call board. And uh, tonight we're going to be going into Class 234, Navy SEALs. We're going to be going in there, into the class with them. And out of uh, 83 men, only, what, I think I did this the other night, but only 16 will graduate. And it'll make it through the uh, buds in Coronado, California. And uh, they're all volunteers. You volunteer, of course, for buds, and uh, you know you have to go through your basics first. And then a lot of those guys are already in the service, and you'll hear that in the documentary. It's uh, pretty uh, grueling, but uh, we'll uh, go into that a little bit. And, uh, if you missed last night's, we did a Ku Klux Klan a documentary. The night before that, we did we did it too, and a lot of a lot of a lot of stuff we've been going over. So if you missed the podcast shows, you need to go back and listen to them, download them, listen to them. Uh, Understanding the times we'll do today. Let me check the call boards here. All right, got a couple callers here. Uh, let's see. We'll start with uh, 781. Uh, you'll go first here. I think I recognize this number. I don't know. It's been a little while. But thanks. Hey, 781, go ahead. Hey, what's up? It's Mel. How you doing? How you doing? Uh, oh, yes. Mel, where you been, man? We haven't, we haven't been up lately. Uh, what's going on? <laughs> I was uh, Actually, I was thinking about that the other night. What's that? Uh, I've just been real. I've just been like really lazy, I guess. And, like I don't know. You don't want to go. All right, you didn't want to call <laughs> in, but yeah, we you can listen via the internet. You don't have to call in, you know. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, so what's I, up? What's on your mind? Um, not too much. I've just, I've just been posting a lot on Gab today, like three different videos that just tributes to Hitler. Five documentaries and like six articles. So, yeah. Really? Yeah. 
So this year, when you're in high school, right? So you're this year, well, it's summer summer break. So you what? So you're going to be a senior this year, right? Yep. Oh boy, big graduation! You figured out if you're going to go to one of those liberal universities yet? Nah. <laughs> I don't blame you. Especially with like the political climate, like I'm. On the fence about going to college, like especially right now with like the political climate and my views and all that, like I'm just like, yeah. mm, like should we really like should I risk it or should I not? Hmm. Like, oh, you're yeah. talking about getting into the political arena, or getting involved in politics? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, my advice to you is probably I would stay away. I don't think – I think we only got a couple years left, yeah. uh, if that, well, for this country to really, really collapse, or we're going to be ushered into a world war. I think Afghanistan, what's going on there, I think that's going to be the pretense for the Red Army coming down from the north and the Middle East. I think that's going to involve Syria, Afghanistan, and Russia, and Russia's going to be involved there with that, and I think China's already involved. So uh, I, I think that we're on the stage and the horizon for a – a uh, world war or, or some sort of conflict, and I think it won't be mm-hmm. it won't be uh, troops on the ground. I think it'll be more or less uh, a uh, bl- bl- uh, war uh, like an electrician where where you uh, through the internet, through stuff like that, cyber wars, yeah. stuff like that. I think that's what it's going to be like. Mm-hmm. I don't think I think it'll be more military muscle flexing their muscle against each other, and a SDI war where they shoot the missiles out of the sky. I think it's going to be something like that. I don't think it's going to be a boots on the ground mm-hmm. type of war. I think you know it'll be a massive slaughter if that happens. I don't think that happens until the end of the yeah. world. So, but uh, well, I mean politics. I couldn't give you any advice on that right now. If you do, I would I'd run under the Constitution Party or Republican. I wouldn't go Democrat. You know, stay away from that unless you're going to be a, one of those sleeper cells. Democrats, and you, uh, you know, you're really, really a constitutionalist or a Republican or National Socialist or whatever, and you pretend to be, and you say you're a Democrat, but you really vote against them all the time. That would be a good idea, you know, trick them, you know. Like a spy kind of, that'd be cool. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna start to. I got my watch out, my other caller, but I'm gonna, uh, I'll mute your call real quick, and uh, I'm gonna play my documentary. All right. All right, thanks for, thanks for participating in the show, though. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. All righty. Let me go ahead and just for background noise, I'll mute that, and she knows how to call back in if she wants to. We're, we're going to get into the uh, class, uh, the Navy SEAL Buzz class. We're going to go ahead and do that right now and uh, play a little documentary here, and then uh, we'll take calls maybe at the end here and, uh, you know, uh, enjoy the documentary. I think the audio will be just fine here. I think it'll play just fine, so we'll go with this. Here we go.
one at Bud's training in Coronado, California. Class 234 is falling apart. Two minutes, you don't make it? That's what happened. Trying to obey impatient seal instructors, Class 234 is completely disoriented in the pre-dawn cold of late November. In the darkness, there isn't time for the instructors or the television cameras to learn 83 names. It won't matter. Bud has a failure rate of over 70%. Of the 83 students pictured here, only 16 will graduate six months from now. Every student harbors an inner belief that he can become a Navy SEAL. But when seconds seem like hours, enduring the moment can challenge anyone's commitment. Oh, that was a saggy bat. You're on seven. You started out with ten and you've knocked out twenty so far because you're sad. Here's eight. Nine. Ten. I tell you what. When you're told to do something, you do it right. If you're doing a set of push-ups, you do them right. You want to screw off, I'll catch you every time, and you make, I'll make you pay. You will pay. And that, and that goes for when I turn my back and I walk away. That's when I look at you the most. It's one way to get somebody fired up to get them moving is just give them extra pressure and say, you know what, every evolution I'm going to be watching you and paying attention and making sure that you are doing the same thing that all of your buddies are doing. Making a guy realize that he has to uh, he has to put out equally with his buddies. The basis of teamwork is being able to have a little bit of self-motivation, be able to carry your own weight. What number are you on, Shady? You're on three. I didn't say four. Don't you wish you were moving a little faster? Day one is a wake-up. It's welcome to Bud. They kind of get introduced to all the instructors. Intensity level as far as being right in their face for everything, every minute, every second they're out here is uh, definitely at a higher level. This entire PT has been a joke. There hasn't been a single evolution that you have performed during the course of this PT that has even remotely resembled perfection. Everything has been sad, weak, and unreadable. And it's all because you're inside your tiny little brain self-defeating yourself. Take a good look at show no sign of letting up. Their intention is for each student to question his reason for being here. Hey, what is wrong with you? <laughs> the instructors realize nobody will drop out in the first hour. The quitting will begin as soon as the realization sets in that this is only the beginning. Thumbs up on that bar, do one pull up. Thumbs up on top. Yeah, looking for them to put out, that's all. Just give us everything you got, and that's fine. And you can tell, if they're not giving you everything they got, you can tell. You see that guy who's uh, he's not doing all his push-ups. Um, he's falling down on his knees, and then you tell him to bear crawl around, and all of a sudden he's got all this energy. Pull up, pull up, get up there. Yes, mom.
after breakfast, a class muster reveals that one student is gone. Less than three hours into day one and 234 suffers its first drop-on request, or DOR. The word spreads quickly, but there is no time for questions or reactions. When Geddes learns that a student has dropped out, he has no time to worry about it. With the different ages and maturity levels in the class, it's going to be a long day. And 234 must remain focused on the next evolution, the time four-mile run. Hey, listen up. We got this run going on now. After the run, people will pass, probably stretch out. Those people who fail, probably get beat for a while. And 60% of the people that fail this run today will not make it through Hell Week. Hell Week. Five and a half days of misery. The instructors tell the students again that failure for most is a statistical destiny. Any student unable to complete the four-mile run in 32 minutes or less before Hell Week begins, two weeks hence, will be performance dropped from training. For half the class, this is their first time at both. For the rest, it is their second, third, and even fourth try. For Rivera, the class LPO, or leading petty officer, at 29 years of age, this will be his third and final try to graduate. I was actually in Bryce in 1995. I quit. Eventually, I just wasn't ready. I was in the last class, and I rolled back until we can. I feel out of everything that I've done in the Navy, this is what I want the most. I think I'm going to make it this time. Seminar, 3248. Nobody passed today. And they have some they have some fast runners that will pass or with no problem on a good beach. Go. And we know that. Alright, but today it's day one. Tracy, thirty two fifty two. It's hello, this is Bud and we're not here to mollycoddle anybody. Did I tell you to go drop down? What did I just tell you? You come in, you give me your name, you check in with your time, and then I'll tell you to go. You don't start making up your own rules around here, Casey. Surf's zone, go get wet, run! We want these guys to dig down and give us everything they've got. The time isn't so important to us. The time isn't, isn't what it's about. What it's about is to see the guys are digging down and giving us everything they've got and showing us that they have the intestinal fortitude to punch through. It's like the only thing out of this time run that you're going to end up benefiting from is the fact that now you know what it means to be wet and sandy. If I ever tell you to get wet and sandy again, or any, anybody in the instructor staff does, you get wet and sandy from head to toe. Just like you are now, you're completely covered. A lot of people don't understand what sandy is because they don't pay attention to detail. They don't discipline themselves to get fully sandy. You do know that now, right? You, you know it now because you failed the run and we got your sandy. So you still end up benefiting in one little way. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. You're supposed to be the strong one. The people, one that people look up to. I wouldn't even want to be under your leadership in a real team in the unlikely event you make it. Because you're weakness, you could get yourself and teammates killed in a real-life situation. You better figure out if you want to be here or not. you got a long way to go.
Gettys is singled out for being physically unprepared when he reported the training. As the OIC, he is an obvious choice for close-up scrutiny from SEAL instructors. Although SEAL training is the same for both officers and enlisted men, Bud's instructors are experienced SEAL operators who hold their officers to a higher standard. Pressure is always there for me. I mean, I'm always feeling some kind of pressure, especially the OIC. I want you to take a look. You got your chest here. I got under your neck. I see your arm here. You got told to get sandy. Yeah. I mean, from head to toe. You're an officer as well, right? Yeah. Okay. Pay attention to detail. Yeah. You got to discipline yourself to do that. You got to do that so the guys are going to follow you. If you get given an order, it means do it properly the first time. Get sandy. Yeah. It's the hardest thing to do is constantly stay motivated so you can complete every evolution and make sure you do it. Okay. Just keep going every day. In between your legs. Gettys will get continuous pressure until he proves he is fit to lead. It is a challenge that he must win or risk losing control of Class 234 and being dropped from training. You're an officer. Make sure you're leading from the front. You're, you're setting the example, right? Yeah. There's a lot of guys out here who are E1s and E2s that are going to follow your lead. Yeah. So I'm going to hold you to higher standards. Get out of here. After the run, Class 234 prepares for C. Hey, knuckleheads, why don't you guys move down? The instructors hope that surf message will cause more students to question their commitment to training and drop out. You'd be surprised if you get one or two quitters the first day during the first evolutions. The first three weeks of Phase 1 are intentionally designed to filter out students lacking the emotional commitment needed to become SEALs. Up there, ring it three times, just place your helmet at the base. So if you have your questions, then this would be the appropriate time. But are you down with it? Are you cool? Okay, go ahead, ring out. Dropping on request affects students differently. Some are relieved, some are embarrassed, most feel regret. The row of helmets will be a daily reminder there is no success like failure, and failure is no success at all. The medical guys, yeah, I feel sorry for you. That's hard luck. The DORs, no. That's the luck to them. I know, I know them all. They're really good guys, and I think they'll do well somewhere else. This, is, this program's not for everybody. If that was the case, it would be more than 0.5% in the Navy that are Navy SEALs. It's a state of mind. It's totally a state of mind. I mean, see, it's only a mentality. Some guys say, man, this really sucks. I don't know if I can do it. Or someone like myself or Fox. Or like, guys, I'm both really pretty consistent. Like, man, this really sucks. I'm only going to do something different. Right now, it's a little small. We saw some bigger waves earlier this morning. You never know, though. It can pick up at any minute. Surf passage consists of boat crews racing each other through the surf in their 10-foot rubber rafts. Most of the class have never seen waves this big. In boat crew 11, Fox, an enlisted man, is instructing the boat crew. Instructors are not pleased. Shoemaker, the boat crew leader, is not showing leadership. After his poor showing earlier in PT and the four-mile run, Shoemaker is bringing unwanted attention on himself and his boat crew. Battling rafts in high surf is more difficult and dangerous than it might appear. Men can be smashed together in the boiling water, get hit by flying paddles, or become tangled up underneath the raft. In surf this day, the emphasis is on swimming.
twin buddies sticking together and both crews working together. But the pressure to win the race is never ending, and the instructors are watching and waiting for any signs of weak effort.
Sandwiches, uh, their blood glucose will get a little bit low and they'll get a little funky. 
he, he was pretty much with it mentally. He answered my questions well. He, his lips were good. His uh, pulse was good. So he's good to go. But to just put him in the back of my head as somebody to keep an eye on. You ready to get on your log? I'm weak, but I, th- I need to get back with my team. Start feeling super stupid. Come on back. Yeah, it's up there. Pass, so. Uh, it'll be okay. There are four classes a year at Bugs, and class two, three, four is a winter class. Winter classes have the highest dropout rate because of the cold. a contest of luck and commitment. On your right, Each student on. must demonstrate a dedication to remain in training no matter the hardship. The irony is that hey, commitment alone is not always enough to guarantee success.
Now, the anatomy of the firefight. The fate of the world is on these shootouts. Assaults on Germany. Shelters, about 30 yards away, comes into view. 
The troop shelter was a reinforced concrete structure that measured about 30 feet long by 40 feet wide, as many as 20 feet deep. Uh, walls ranged in thickness from 2 feet to 8 feet, and they could hold up to 20 or 25, 30 uh, soldiers at, at one time. An order had been issued by Hitler himself that no bunkers were to be lost, were not to be given up voluntarily, so that when one was lost, officers who let that occur often suffered a disciplinary action. After the troop shelter is spotted, Robinson receives orders to move up to Gus Hank and the attacking platoon, who are already waiting up ahead. Hank directs Robinson to plant his satchel charges. He then waves his rifle platoon to surround the shelter, housing an estimated two dozen enemy soldiers. You're thinking about the job you have to do and what you have been trained to do. It's conditioned response, really. To be a good soldier, you've got to think under pressure. You've got to anticipate what's going to happen. And that's, that's what goes through your mind. What's my next step? What am I going to do now? With an assist from his sergeant, Robinson plants the satchel charge by the shelter door, standing suspiciously ajar. I wasn't sure who was at the door and whether somebody was going to pop out on us or not. So I was very apprehensive. But I wanted to get it over with real quickly. So we lit it and threw it in that open space in the doorway. And it uh, did its job all right. Aftermath was we heard a lot of screams. Two or three or four Germans staggered out with blood coming out of their ears and eyes and nose. And we knew right away that the job had been done. Before entering the troop shelter, Robinson and Hank post a guard outside with orders to shoot to kill any Germans trying to escape. Inside, they find the mangled bodies of 20 enemy soldiers. The few survivors are taken prisoner and sent to the rear. Want a $2,500 website for free? Well, keep watching. If you're a business Their first target on their mission has been neutralized. The attack force moves on to the second troop shelter, located about 100 yards away. There, Robinson places another satchel charge by the door and lights the fuse. It's a flawless attack. A half dozen Germans surrender and are taken prisoner. The second shelter is secured. Now it's on to the third and last target. But taking this one might kill them all. Pillbox 24, the most formidable, is 100 yards away. This was the difficult part. This is the part that was insane, really, for a rifleman to try to take a concrete pillbox like this with rifles and bayonets. It was a suicide mission. 1,500 rounds a minute rocket through the pillbox slit. An onslaught from the German troops armed with the lethal MG-42 machine gun. The advancing Americans are about 50 yards away, with little standing between them and the barrage. We were in the wide open. They definitely had a bead on us. 
We did have fire from our riflemen into those little slits, and we could button them up to a degree. And they covered while we tried to get that job done at the door. We set the charges off and didn't do a thing. It was just like throwing a ping pong ball. It just didn't work. And that's when Gus said, boy, let's get out of here. At least 20 Americans are lost in the assault on Pillbox 24. The 20 survivors withdraw back to the second troop shelter. They make it their command post. That evening, roughly 120 German troops mount a counterattack from just east of Pillbox 24. They're armed with MP44s and G43 semi-automatic rifles, the German equivalent of the American M1. I think they had orders to take this thing back under all possible costs. And we repelled them because we had a good defense program there. From the way they were counterattacking, they would come up actually in one particular sector. And we massed all of our troops right there and fired at them. The battle that began before dawn grinds on into the next day. The Americans relentlessly fire on the Germans. They keep the Nazis from regaining the troop shelter. But Robinson and Hank realize that to get their job done, they'll need more than satchel charges and rifles to take out Pillbox 24. After midnight, they scramble back about 200 yards to company headquarters. They beg for help and have to get it if they're to capture that pillbox. We were raising hell about not having enough support, that this is an impossible task, and whose idea was this? So that we figured we had to talk Dutch to them. You come up here and see how things are going on. So uh, we thought we might get in trouble for that, but they listened to us and they said, okay, let's go to battalion. And we told our story to battalion. They said, we'll get you some tanks tomorrow. U.S. tanks versus a German pillbox. The ultimate showdown. A shootout on the Siegfried line is about to unfold. January 2nd, 1945. Two American platoons, including one led by John Robinson, stage an assault on pillbox 24. It's located along the Siegfried line near Bicheron, Germany. Their first attempt fails. They are outgunned and lacking firepower. But on day two of the siege, something changes. The attack force has tank support. Advantage, Americans. The tank in question belonged to the 709 Tank Battalion. It was a dozer tank, which had a large bulldozer blade attached to the front. And the idea was to take this tank up to the bunker and push dirt and bury it so that the Germans would be trapped alive, therefore renting that pillbox harmless. However, what happened is as the tank went forward to do that, there's a steep incline going to the entrance of the bunker. 
the tank slipped down right smack against the door, and he was stuck. He couldn't get out. So what he did was he pumped all 75-millimeter rounds that he had into that door. Most of the Germans inside died of concussion or hemorrhage uh, due to the blast overpressure and, and, the, and the noise. This death blow allows Robinson and the attack force to withdraw. They move back about 100 yards to the troop shelter they had captured and turned into a command post. While there, something strange happens, rather doesn't happen. The Americans draw no enemy fire. They believe that the Germans have gone. But the two dozen soldiers are wrong, dead wrong. Under the cover of darkness, over 100 Germans spring a surprise attack. This was the worst night. Because we had done so much damage, they thought we were a big force. And they sent a much heavier assault on us that second night. We had a lot of injuries and hand-to-hand -hand fighting in that trench. The fighting turns vicious in the... This is how it feels to build websites the old-fashioned way. This is how it feels to build websites with Zuda. The darkness. Robinson exchanges fire with German soldiers. He uses a carbine, a lighter, shorter weapon than the M1 rifle. He sends everything from it into the enemy. He won't remember how many he killed that night. It's immaterial because everything else is so insignificant other than you're surviving. You think of, I gotta, I gotta survive this. A lot of praying goes wrong, believe me. I remember one guy crying on the ground in this trench, and he was crying out something merciful. He was long gone, and he didn't have a chance. Amid mounting casualties, Robinson organizes the evacuation of the wounded. They vow to leave no man behind. They make stretchers from blankets lashed to their rifles. Braving enemy fire, they carry the injured across open ground to company headquarters. A hundred yard run where reaching the end zone means the difference between life and death. I knew every man in my platoon. And you know, it's just like family. Whenever you see somebody that needs help, that's what you do. Your adrenaline keeps you going. You just keep doing it because you know this is the right thing, so you keep on. And you don't wear out until it's all over. Robinson leads the evacuation of almost two dozen men. But has to be evacuated himself when he ruptures a muscle. He's later awarded a Bronze Star with Valor for his heroic efforts. The experience made the soldier from Maryland a true believer that night.
the war itself changed my outlook from the standpoint of faith. I got the strongest faith I can have now. And I think it goes back to that, really. For some reason I made it. I don't know, but I got the faith to believe that. Still, the success of the mission comes with a price. 46 men made up the attack force. About 27 are wounded, and two are killed in action. The losses lead the American military command to develop a new strategy for attacking enemy bunkers and penetrating the Siegfried line. All right, everybody, Joseph Gibson podcast here on the Standard Times. We're good today. All right, well, that was a pretty good uh, podcast there, uh, good documentaries. I uh, hope you enjoyed the podcast. Until tomorrow night, understanding the times which live today. Everybody, good night. Who controls the past controls the future. Who controls the present controls the past. The death of bin Laden marks the most significant achievement to date in our nation's effort to defeat Al-Qaeda. All you got to do is start looking around, start thinking for yourself, start investigating things, and you will see it all right there. So you have the power. Humanity has the power. We have the power. Do you want to fight? You better believe you've got one. Let us never tolerate outrageous conspiracy theories. And for me, give me liberty or give me death! The end.